Hi, it's Raina, and welcome to Beholding Out for a Hero, where the sidetrack is the main track. Have you ever felt lost, confused, like you don't have a path to follow? Well, don't worry, you're among friends. We wouldn't be able to follow a path if it was paved in gold. Join us for some actual play D&D. One, two, three, clap. What was that? <laughs> Somebody was really late. <laughs> I don't think it was me, but I don't know. <laughs> it literally cannot be me. I'm the one calling it out. That was a full, like, second and a half to two seconds later. <laughs> it might be me and my internet, so. You know what? I am using Bluetooth headphones, so. It's a roll of the dice. I'm probably desynced by a second or so. All right, children. <laughs> I am the oldest here, so I am allowed to say that. You are, actually, yeah. I am. It's fucking depressing. No. Only if you make it. Yeah. I'm going to die first. That's not. No, that's not true. <laughs> you can assure that that doesn't happen. Not if I have anything to say. Have you met Nico? <laughs> As we all know, John has a penchant for this sort of thing. <laughs> I'm sorry, Raina. Are you implying that I would die by my own faults? I mean, you're right, but ouch. <laughs> Nico would try to harvest his own bones. <laughs> John, I hate you. I spat boba everywhere. <laughs> Don't drink. Never drink, Nico. Because I said you were going to die first. <laughs> No, John said I was going to try to harvest my own bones. <laughs> <laughs> that is true, though. That is true. That's just, you know, it's economic. <laughs> Imagine the jewelry. <laughs> Ethically sourced. <laughs> Nico, do you need a minute? No, I'm good. It's fine. I'll just quietly clean up over in the background. It's fine. See, it wasn't, it wasn't a guess. It was a premonition. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, 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 okay. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Beholding Out for a Hero, where the sidetrack is the main track. We're so glad you've tuned back in after a really long break. Um, this is the first episode of our new campaign. We're really excited. Um, I'm Ashley, your DM, as per usual. I don't have anyone I'm playing, of course. So, the session question for tonight... You never do. <laughs> you never do. All those NPCs, though. All the NPCs, of which I name none and try to keep to a distinct minimum. Mm -hmm. You all know what that means. <laughs> I once tortured Ashley in one of our first games because I kept every NPC. I was like, oh, what's your name? They were unimportant. You didn't need to ask. <laughs> I should choose a name and a theme, like the thing we did with John, where it's just like, that's Jonathan, that's Jonathan U, that's John Jert. <laughs> John Jert? I really like that one. <laughs> okay. Uh, today's session question is, what does your algorithm say about you? I realized Reyna's written could be right or wrong and didn't think of a wrong answer. Um... So my algorithm likes pointing out very specifically that I'm newly single at the moment and that 
I don't know, it starts thinking I speak German now. I don't speak German. It's also telling me I speak French and I don't speak French either. <laughs> so I have ruined my own algorithm by watching things in other languages. Now it assumes I know everything. You're the DM. You do know everything. No, <laughs> absolutely not. That's too much responsibility. Yeah, actually, we remember our whole last campaign was done entirely in Italian. No wonder it was so fucking short. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm also going to point you to the really disastrous number four of uh, Indiana Jones where Galadriel's head exploded Mm. or something because she wanted all the knowledge in the world. Now I've gotten this really wrong. I know what you're talking about. I remember that. Okay. That was a bad Galadriel movie. from Lord of the Rings? It was Kate Blanchett. <laughs> no, Galadriel. Oh. Yeah, I couldn't remember her name. Okay, Elaine, please introduce your newest character. Hi, I'm Elaine. I'm playing Marble, uh, the Earth Genasi fighter. Um, mm-hmm. And my algorithm really depends on what platform I'm on. So if I'm on Instagram, it's doggy videos. And a little bit of RP. If I'm on um, YouTube, it's like gaming and true crime. Nice. Those are my main two things, basically. I'll go next. (laughs) Yes, thank you, John. I was like, who's talking now? I don't know. (laughs) I'm John. I'm playing uh, Untidy Joseph, the uh, halfling uh, sorcerer who is also a master chef. And nice. um, <laughs> my algorithm, basically no matter where I go, always assumes I'm a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> More recently, TikTok has decided that I'm a trans lesbian. Oh. Nice. That's good energy you're putting out in the world. Yeah, that, yeah. Is, that is fair. That is one of the best <laughs> algorithms to be on. I... Take that as a compliment. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty good algorithm to have, even if it's erroneous. Um, can I go next, just as juxtaposition? Hi, I'm Reyna. Um, I'm playing Etch, the Changeling Monk. And um, my algorithm, specifically my Spotify algorithm, believes I'm a Satanist. Oh. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> It's definitely not wrong. It it is wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure I've never personally met any, but I'm sure they're lovely people. Um, They are. Music slaps. (laughs) And last but not least, I am Nico, not the DM uh, for this. Never have been. What do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) Never have been DMing. Uh, Nope, that's not me. Um, I am playing (laughs) Bove, the Goliath monk. And <gasps> two monks. Yeah. <laughs> and my algorithm doesn't like paint me as a specific character as a whole, but it does think that I speak a lot of languages that I don't actually speak. It gives me a lot of ads in Spanish, it gives me ads Heck in Portuguese, yeah. and it gives me ads in um Mandarin at times, none of which I speak. And my Cantonese hey, is hard to translate those either. for you. <laughs> Um, that, and it gives me ads for a lot of cleaning products, which oh. is, 
I mean, fair. I think he's trying to tell but... you something. <laughs> Your bones are too dirty. <laughs> it's true. They are dirty. That's actually a problem I'm having right now because it keeps raining. My squirrel bucket keeps <laughs> filling up, so I can't. Like, it's di more difficult, I found, to sift, like, silty, wet, gritty mud for the bones than it is dry dirt. So I've been trying to let it dry out, but it keeps raining. Oh no, what a tragedy. Oh wow, this is a problem we all We've all been there, brother. <laughs> I like how we still never explained Nico's bones. I got a new bone bucket too, it's huge. Oh, I love this for you. You still need to come and dig out the bones underneath my deck. I know. Though, if your dad's gonna tear up your deck, then like, I'll, I'd rather not crawl under there. Yeah, that's where my dad is. Under Reyna's deck? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> John? You could have told me. <laughs> He's free now. <laughs> He's escaped? That's not what I meant, but also that, yeah. Oh, so that was the thing I saw skittering. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I put a tracker on him and it says getting closer. <laughs> Breakneck speeds. <laughs> Must be a glitch. <laughs> He's a long way to run. <laughs> I'm glad I live decently far enough from most of you. <laughs> Ouch. That hurts. But I miss you, Ashley. I'm coming back. Hey, so what's going on with this new campaign? Yeah, no. Fuck <laughs> <Like> that. <laughs> okay, wait, let me set a timer so I know when to take a break, possibly. Our new campaign is just us chatting about where we live. <laughs> <laughs> Accidentally docking, doxing ourselves. <laughs> we had to cut it out when John did that. That oh, was yeah. so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone get out your 2d10 for rolling for hotness. You're so right, King. Oh, I only got one, yeah. I need two. Untidy Joseph can actually flirt with people because he's not an androgynous teddy bear. <laughs> he's a living human man. We love that for you, John. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, John gets a piece of the action. <laughs> oh, dear. It was really tragic how Patches died in a fire, though. <laughs> he absorbed all the oil and then, well. Being so dry has its downfalls. We should have known when we sent him over the, over the castle gates in that catapult. <laughs> like Soaked the best oil. Molotov cocktail there could ever be. <laughs> I'm going to write that down for next time. Do you think the acid helped spark? <laughs> the acid did not help anyone, Elaine. <laughs> no, I mean, do you think the acid helped spark the fire? That's not how acid works. But, yeah, but it, I don't but, think, I don't think no. acid's flammable. Thank God you play a fighter in this campaign. <laughs> Listen, I told you my brain is not working today. <laughs> okay. Um, before I dive into the world, I am going to say... Obviously, I can't do this telepathically. Um, I do want to try test running a slightly different type of mechanic in this campaign. So um, I asked all of you to create 10 core memories for your characters. 
And there's going to be different mechanisms. I hope you all remembered, for the love of God. Nico, you are already dead. I think that was was Reyna. No, that wasn't me. I was a good noodle. I did my homework. That was was Nico. It sounded so much like Reyna. I'm so sorry, Reyna. Oh my god. (laughs) Reyna gets blamed for everything. I know. Typing while talking, forgetting the homework. I have never done any of these things. I eat while we record, and I make unfunny jokes. Okay? You also boo us. That's true. (laughs) We we deserve it, to be fair. All right. Test running a new type of mechanism. So, uh, or mechanic. So, there are going to be mechanics in the game to make you lose memories if you happen to fall into them more or less um so in addition to the normal type of combat death or hp death in dnd um you can also die if you lose all 10 memories is there anything um that we could do to get memories back is there any like or, like, once they're lost, they're lost. Not at the moment, but we'll take that into consideration. <laughs> okay. Good to know. It's all right, Nico. You don't have any at the moment. So no need to worry about <laughs> it. <laughs> Just like real life. I'm working it out. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you're not Damn, God's ass. <laughs> the, the ball was, you know, punted over to me, and I just spiked it into the ground. <laughs> Okay, has everyone gotten their giggles out? Probably not, but no. Continue. <laughs> okay, we'll try this anyways. I'm sorry if you wanted um, this to be serious, Ashley. No, I know what group this is. <laughs> it's fine. It's still going to be more campy horror than John's one shot, so. Fuck you. I did tell all of you your characters are technically dead, right? Yes. Okay. What does technically mean? Like, are we dead? Or are we vegetables? No, you'll find out. (laughs) Okay. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Or worry, I mean, worry about it a little bit. But No, you said don't worry about it, so I'm not going to. (laughs) No, you. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead, Ashley. Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) I'm laughing too hard. (laughs) First session giggles, just get them up. We always go through these. (laughs) Okay, literally every session giggles, but still. Okay. The first time you inhale, you get the feeling that you haven't done that action in a while. In fact, you get the feeling you haven't moved most parts of your body in a while. Everything feels lethargic, and it's hard to remember anything other than your name and some assorted memories. You also vaguely remember the world you lived in. There were two moons. There was one sun. Most of the world was covered in ocean. You lived on an archipelago. You were unsure if the rest of the world had any land or any other humanoid inhabitants. In general, like the... The land you lived on was occupied. It's not like you were the only people there. but um, And then after that, there's no more memories. Uh, can all four of you 
roll d20s to see who wakes up first. And then I will continue my descriptions. It better not be me. I got 13. Because I'm still developing my core <laughs> memories. Uh, everybody uh, did that at once. So let's... let's I almost just swallowed my cough drop hole. <laughs> what, have, what have we talked about? No drinks, no food. For choking hazards. <laughs> You're living a dangerous life actually eating a cough drop while DMing. It's not her coughing. At least if Ashley goes down, we can all call 911 for her. That's true. <laughs> no, we don't know where she lives. Never mind. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> it's fine. No, that's not true. A bunch of you sent me Christmas presents. Oh, that's right. We have your you address. You have now. my address. Yeah. <laughs> it's whether you can find it in time. Yeah, that's fair. Bet. <laughs> John, what did you roll? Six. Elaine, what did you roll? Eighteen. Reyna, what did you roll? Thirteen. And Nico, what did you roll? Nineteen. Ooh. Nico! Above uh, wakes up first. You open your eyes in what can only be described as your average dungeon room. The floors, walls, and ceiling are constricted of rough brick, cold and damp with condensation. The room is brightly lit with numerous dramatic candelabra placed placed precariously on almost every available surface. Yet somehow the wax manages to avoid falling on the overabundance of parchment lying around. Rolled and wedged into bookcases, draped on desks and end tables, falling out of open drawers, and barely avoiding brushing the ground. In front of you sits a large anthropomorphic bird. Long curved beak, dark goggles obscuring its eyes, cloaked and hooded. You can see none of its skin. When you wake up, you realize that none of your equipment is in the room, and any magic that you're accustomed to feeling innately within you is out of reach. Bub, can you describe your character as they wake up? You're seated in basically the standard folding chair, the really uncomfortable tan metal ones. <laughs> ah. <laughs> yeah, uh my character above uh he's uh I think probably gonna be the tallest character in this game. Bet <laughs> <laughs> Unless Raina <laughs> Unless Raina's very tall. Uh he's uh not particularly got the build to match his height. And he's wearing pretty average-looking traveler's clothes. Nothing particularly fancy. Um, he would have more items and stuff on him, but they have been taken. Looking around, does the owl, is is the owl, like, clearly alive? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. The large anthropomorphic bird, which sitting up is humanoid size. Like, it's mm -hmm. sitting at a, at a very, like, expensive expensive big desk that is covered in loads of parchment and loads of candles is this um, Wong Shitong he who knows 10,000 things <laughs> I was thinking it was Big Bird <laughs> <laughs> I like that more <laughs> it's a plague doctor <laughs> oh. that's not what I was thinking 
be honest, I imagine the Tootsie Roll Pop owl. I don't know why. This is what I get for not looking up any pictures. Um, <laughs> clearly alive and clearly moving, they are writing on a piece of parchment. Yeah, uh, Vubs will, you know, begin to approach uh, the the owl and try to, you know, casually strike up conversation with, uh, you know, this is a really nice dungeon you have here. <laughs> Thank you. I requisitioned the desk myself. What? What is that? Oak? Maple? Whatever is sustainable. Spruce? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it's a dark wood. Mahogany, oak, something darker. Black um, walnut. That sounds expensive. <laughs> uh, who rolled the eighteen? Uh, I did. You tell me, Big Bird don't got cash. <laughs> <laughs> Big Bird's rolling in the dough. Okay, <laughs> he is raking it in on the daily. <laughs> Elaine. Marble wakes up next. Please describe your character. <laughs> um, Marble is a five and a half foot tall earth genasi. Uh, Marble goes by he, they. Marble is... They look more Goliath because they're very, very white pale with black streaks marking their skin. Dressed in very plain leather clothing uh bald head carrying a lot of weapons if weapons are still a thing i don't know ashley we didn't discuss that you currently do not have any weapons on your person nor do you see them around a lot of holsters that should be carrying weapons that are currently empty bob's gonna give marvel a a knowing nod up, bro? For reference, <laughs> there are two just unconscious bodies slumped in uncomfortable chairs behind you guys. <laughs> Marble looks around. Where are we? The dungeon. <laughs> What's the dungeon? I mean, I don't call it that. It's just my office. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> I am the keeper. Which I'll fill you in once, you know, your compatriots also wake up. I only like giving this speech about once a millennia. If I have to give it more than that, it gets really monotonous, you know. Um, Reina, your character wakes up. Please describe them. Okay, so Etch um, is a currently unchanged uh, true form changeling, so they have... Uh, uh, and they go by um, sh they, she pronouns. So uh, they have uh, like ghostly white skin. Uh, and as they kind of blink awake and shake their head, um, you can see that their eyes are pure white. Uh, their hair is kind of short and choppy, kind of like neck length to the top of the shoulders. Um, very shaggy, kind of like a wolf cut um, with two small braids in the front. And then uh, they also have large, round spectacles. They're very uh, tall and lanky, very, like, string bean, uh, 
string bean nature. <laughs> we have two string bean monks. <laughs> and nothing could possibly go wrong. Can you believe this wasn't planned? <laughs> um, so they're wearing kind of a loose tunic and peasant pants. Um, and in the wise words of Dragon Age Inquisition, they are eternally beige. But they kind of, you know, shake themselves awake and um, fix their glasses that had gotten a little askew when they were unconscious and just kind of look around and they're like slouched over a little bit, <laughs> kind of hunched in on themselves. <laughs> so, Um, hello. 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 Your neck all right? It was at a really funky angle earlier. Oh, um... Yes, I'm fine. Thank you. <clears throat> they just fall silent. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, John, please introduce Untidy Joseph. Untidy Joseph is a um, tan-skinned halfling, um, you know, around average halfling height. What's that, about three feet? Um, yeah, he's about three feet tall. Um, he has kind of scraggly um, brown hair that's pulled back uh, in a bun. He has, um, he's pretty clean shaven, um, but he is a, a little bit on the older side. Um, and he's wearing kind of simple uh, leather um, armor and, and a, um, can he wear leather armor? He's not wearing leather armor. Um, he's just wearing sort of cloth clothing with a big leather apron, um, that says kiss the cook and halfling. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And also, he also has a holster by his side, um, but it's like for a big cooking knife, which is missing. <laughs> when Untidy Joseph wakes up and starts moving his body, um, the keeper... Big Bird, uh, <laughs> gestures for all of you to, he gestures for you all to be seated as you were, or resume, I don't know, um, <clears throat> and then clears his throat <clears throat> quietly, and then from among the, like, detritus on his desk of, like, a million schools. Not the detritus. <laughs> Finds one in particular with uh, unerring skill and pulls it up and uh, clears his throat and goes, <clears throat> So I'm sure you're all wondered why you're gathered here today. Etch just nods quickly. You were previously unaware. You are all currently diseased. Deceased. Oh, <laughs> oh what a catch. I'm unsure how any of you died, so you might have become deceased from disease, but I'm unsure. You are now in the underworld, and from some sort of merit in your life while you were living, uh, you have been offered a second chance at joining the mortal realm. If you complete the task laid out before you on this contract. I want to look at the contract, like, try to read the fine print. I'll, I'll scoot up 
awkwardly behind uh, the big one and just kind of very un- very awkwardly and very unsurely peer around uh, his sh- his shoulder. <laughs> um, God damn it, I just looked at the chat. <laughs> <laughs> Before we segue away from this little bit, uh, I want to ask, can I have the the halfling um, mark of hospitality, or should I just go with Lightfoot? I forgot to ask before we started. What? The Eberron mark of hospitality lets me do better with Cook's tools and gives me some other cool stuff. But I wanted to check with yeah. you if I can have that. Sick! Sure. Um, I have no problem with that. The Keeper, Big Bird, uh, shuffles out his, like, kind of, like, straightens out the parchment and turns around and lets you read it. Though he does continue speaking, because the contract itself is very bare bones, and he wants to give a context for the reason for the contract. So. What language is it in? What languages do you speak? What was your first language? Giant. But I don't think giant is a written language. All right. Well, <laughs> it's an audiobook for you. <laughs> I was just thinking, I was like, oh, the contract's in sign language. <laughs> um, for each one of you, it appears in the language you first learned to read. Okay. The reason for the contract is that there is a certain bigwig in the underworld, a deity of sorts, who is having his name maligned in the mortal realm. Um, Someone up there is murdering people in his name and leaving a very definitive mark on their victims. And this big wig deity is really upset with what is unfolding in the mortal realm. He's worked is it Grover? very hard. What? Is it Grover? <laughs> I don't understand the reference. From Sesame Street. <laughs> From Sesame Street. Big Bird. Grover is the weird blue one, right? Sorry, I, I just had to talk about Grover for a second. It's a nervous tick. Um, it is not whoever Grover is. It is someone very important who would like this resolved as quickly and cleanly as possible by you four. Who? Um, the name of this entity is not important. But the contract remains valid whether or not they are named. But, uh, but I, I'm sorry. Um, but what, shouldn't we know whose name they're using in vain in order to solve anything? Because people kill each other all the time. Nervously. Nervously, the keeper kind of, like, takes the contract back from whoever is reading it and starts, like, reading it to themselves and muttering and being like, is it important? (laughs) Is it not important? Yeah, that seems like a key element of our mission here is to know who we're trying to, you know, track down. We got to know what symbol we're looking for, right? 
if it's, you know, the the Christian God, <laughs> we should know. Who's Christian? <laughs> Old friend of mine. Um, and, and, and I don't mean any disrespect. Um, it's just that I, uh, you know, it, do you know their name? I might have forgotten to uh, remind myself before you all woke up. And he's scrolling through, like, looking through the, the um... D&D Beyond. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, Ashley, the DM, know the name. But he's looking through the contract and you see his little, like, hand feathers start shaking a little nervously. Um, <clears throat> I, it, it is important. I suppose it is important. <clears throat> I knew it was important. And he turns the contract around and points to one name in particular on the contract. Um, and you see it says Arcteryx the Loveless. Could you spell that for us, please? I suppose. A-R-C-T-E-R-Y-X space. T H E space L O V E L E S S. Wow, hearing things spelled out makes me really question whether or not I'm dyslexic. <laughs> oh no. Arcteryx the Loveless. Ha, <laughs> me too. <laughs> He's just like me for real. Um, should we roll for the plague doctor, the keeper? <laughs> for Big Bird? <laughs> That's an easy... We don't even have to roll. We know it's a 10. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. It's Big Bird. <laughs> Big Bird. Big Bird, the keeper, um, kind of looks over the like top of the parchment at you and goes... The identity of the usurper is not currently known. That is your job to find out. As per this contract, which you have signed. When? What? When did we sign it? <laughs> the imprint of your soul has signed this uh, this contract. Is that is that legally binding? Yes. When? According to the rules of this land, the underworld. So, Keeper, have you met Arcteryx? You know, are they are they chill? Are they a cool guy? He's been nothing but nice to me. Yeah, are they loveless just sort of out of coincidence? Or are they sort of like... In, or is that in, like just an unfortunate set? middle and last name? <laughs> or that. Kind of like my old friend Butt Scratch Tumbledown. <laughs> Their name is the Loveless because the mortals gave him that name long ago. That's fucked up. Yeah, they probably didn't like him. That is the unfortunate curse carried by many who are denizens of the underworld. Now, as to the rest of your contract... Um, 
You do technically have an unlimited amount of time to fulfill this contract, though, if you are considered dallying by um, any unnecessary length of time, for Uh instance, you decide to (laughs) (laughs) you decide to um, go on a five week vacation. uh, You will be reminded of the task at hand. Is four weeks and six days all right? <laughs> Do we have uh, labor unions per here? Per the in... labor rules of the underworld. <laughs> we don't mind that you don't work yourselves to the bone. But we do mind if you don't get the job done. Um, Doctor Doctor Keeper, sir, um, do we have can we have legally mandated breaks in lunch breaks? Is that okay? Or do we have to can we work Yeah, can we earn sick do time? Do we only work eight hour days? Yeah, do we do we accrue sick time? Do we get benefits? Um <laughs> benefits are really important to me. And I'm sorry, I don't I don't mean to be rude. Um it's just, you know, it, it, my last employment, I remember the benefits were not very good. Um, I don't know why I remember that. <laughs> oh, when we come back to laugh, you should uh, you should come work for me. I, I probably had a business. I don't know how much of my memories have returned at this stage. <laughs> um, so, per the contract, as I'm sure you've all finished reading by now, uh, once you complete the task at hand, as in finding the perpetrator of these crimes and bringing them back to the underworld for justice to be served before a judge and a jury of his peers, um, you will be rewarded with the rest of your natural lifespan. For, for each of us? Yes. Not, not coincided all into one person. That would be very unfair. Like, we'll come back to life? Yes, you will be returned to life. Like a zombie? Like Evanescence? (laughs) 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 No, your bodies will be restored to their pre-death conditions. You know, just so I fully know my options here, are there any other options we we could possibly select for a... Completing this contract? Yeah. No? Because I I don't... I I for some reason have the feeling like if I come back to life and go home, I'm just going to die again. They're going to kill me because they're going to think I'm like some crazy monster. Oh. Oh. I see where you're coming from. I need to get my second fantasy Michelin star, so I'm all in. <laughs> <laughs> um, we can supplement that, I suppose. Given that enough, not given that enough time has not. Ooh, that wasn't the right thing. Given that the wrong amount of time. I don't know what I'm trying to say. If we don't take too long, people won't think that we're, like, super dead. They'll just be like, oh, you fell asleep for a bit. Yes. Given that you did not... uh, Enough time has not passed since you're deceasing. Uh, um, And just wondering, uh, I had a question. I'm sorry, I forgot it. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> happens to the best of us. What was it? Oh, oh, um, it was, um, does time pass the same way here as it does on the mortal plane? Is it a one-to-one ratio, or is it perhaps a six-to-two ratio, or um, maybe even a ten-to-forty-nine ratio? The keeper opens his big cloak and takes out, like, six pocket watches and looks at them, each carefully, one at a time. Does he have a big, round, yellow body? (laughs) (laughs) And orange legs? (laughs) You know what? Yes, he does. <laughs> Weirdly, he's dressed in black. He has like a little black top hat and his face is completely covered. You know, there's like a mask over his beak and these big goggles and he's wearing like gloves over finger feathers. I don't know, something. Um, And startlingly, his body is just this pure, bright yellow. And you see just a little bit of the beginning of his legs, which are, yes, very orange. Um, And he looks at his stopwatches and he goes, time does pass in the same way, but you should just be returning to the mortal realm. I wouldn't dally down here. It was more of like, oh, the thing we got to do is in the mortal realm. Well. Yes. Can I ask a question uh, then? Yes. Like, what? What, what if kind I said of bodies no? are we gonna have? I that would have been a little problematic, I guess. I, you know what? I've always wondered why people go. Can I ask a question? You just did. You're wasting my time. You're wasting your time. <laughs> <laughs> he looks back at all six pocket watches in his hand. Sorry. Um. Like. Are we going to have our own bodies when we go back into the mortal realm to hunt down this usurper? Technically, no. Mm -hmm. But technically, also, yes. It's very difficult to describe. You will look like yourselves to yourselves. So we're kind of getting quantum leaped. I failed physics. I I think I read about that. That's a that's a play. The play Quantum Leap. It had a lot of religious themes. Mm, we're not big on religion down here. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow. Um, I didn't like Quantum Leap that much, frankly. So, uh, once you're... And he stops looking... Like, he was looking at each of you kind of in the face as he talked in a very polite presentation manner and he's just stopped looking at untidy joseph and he turns to the other three of you whose references he understands what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) i'm too old for this john okay quantum leap was before my time it was before your time (laughs) who knows um so he goes um I'm so flustered, I don't know what I've forgotten to tell you. But you just need to find the perpetrator, you bring them back down here, uh, when you find them and you've decided that it's them, and, you know, the mystery-solving way you have to do. uh, 
it will be easy to come back here and you will present them to Arcteryx, the Loveless, and peers. And um, at the end of that and the completion of the trial and the contract, you will be given back your mortal bodies in pre-death condition. Good, because I was eaten by a dragon. If you were eaten by a dragon, you will return to life in your pre-masticated form. (laughs) Sweet. What if I have a shellfish allergy? (laughs) Can you fix that? (laughs) If you get the job done faster, it can be discussed. Um, can we can we have wrong guesses, or is it only one guess? And is it only one person that you're looking for? Are you certain it's only one person? Exactly. We are unsure how many people are a part of this. Though we do believe there's just one big player who's deciding all of this. So if there's like five of them, we only get one of them, do we complete our contract? The resolution of the contract is really that people stop killing in Arcteryx the Loveless's sacred name. So if people are still then killing in his name, I would say no, it is not a completion of the contract. So like, if there's one head honcho and we get rid of them and somebody else fills up the power vacuum, it's, it's, it's no good? You should really try working from the bottom up. Like, kill everybody until we get to the last guy? (laughs) Yes. Okay. Do we kill the last guy? Is that how we send him to the underworld? No. Is there, like, some sort of portal or something we gotta step into? Okay, but what if we thought the last guy wasn't the last guy, we killed him, and then, like, (laughs) what now? Oh, yeah. We would prefer his, and he starts making like <laughs> amendments to the contract. Hey, hey, you hey, guys hey. are talking. Hey, how no, many no, no. amendments are I'm you just... gonna make to that? We haven't read over that. You have well. I'm only um, accounting for all of the possibilities that you're giving me because we thought this was gonna be more straightforward. We're not lawyers here. I should have consulted with counsel. But this is the underworld. This is where most lawyers live. <laughs> yeah, actually, <laughs> speaking of it being the underworld. Also, great point. <laughs> is our, why isn't Arcteryx into, like, having people get murdered for them? Or having a legal department. Um, I would say in the theology of this world that I've thought of, the underworld is more like, uh, like the Greek underworld, where it's really just all souls end up there. Oh, Not, right, right. like, a subset of the souls. The people processing This factory. isn't hell, this is the underworld. Yes, that's why I avoided calling it Hell or Hades or anything. Well, there could still be lawyers there. I just had a realization. I mean, there's lawyers, he just didn't talk to them. We've been standing here for roughly 53 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) I would like you all to leave, please. Um... He gives you the contract. It's been amended with all of the the things your DM didn't think of before you started asking all the questions. (laughs) Um, And then gestures to the door that has appeared behind you in the wall of the dungeon. Uh, Do we get our stuff back? (laughs) Yes. So as soon as you step through that door. I'm going. Bye. (laughs) As soon as you step through that door, uh, your your, uh, belongings... As they were right before your death, 
will be returned to you. Um, I would exit the building and find the ferryman. Once you cross the river, your path will be apparent to you. What if we were holding a shellfish <laughs> and also have a shellfish allergy? Marble is going to just grab Untidy <laughs> Joseph and walk out the door. No, I need to know. <laughs> I, w- I don't know if that's how I died, but I want to be sure. <laughs> we're gone. We're gone. <laughs> as, as we go, uh, Edge is just going to go, okay, okay, thank you, goodbye. Okay, okay, sorry that we so much of your time. Okay, uh, have a good day, goodbye. <laughs> just scuttle. <laughs> Sorry, little guy, but sooner we get this done, sooner I get the lower half of my body back. <laughs> what? I was eaten by a dragon. Oh. Only one half? Apparently I wasn't tasty. Only ate part of me. Um, <clears throat> I was executed. For reference, Elaine, your character does have all body parts. I do now. <laughs> but when I come back to life... I'll get all of them back again. I thought the dragon question was rhetorical because I forgot to read your backstory. <laughs> Leaving the dungeon um, and the keeper, Big Bird, you enter the waiting room. Uh, the waiting room is just as well lit, but looks a lot more modern and is kind of that like art deco-y, rich New York person bank kind of thing with the marble and it's like lighter colors and you just see this what looks like an endless queue of people um waiting to be processed into the underworld well we're trying to process to get out right so would we have to wait in this line because we're not going in do you ask somebody? Is there a kiosk? Yeah, there's like, it's like five bank teller type of people at kiosks behind like glass dividers. Um, Edge is going to tug on the two braids that they have in the front and just go, uh, um, would someone ask if we need to wait in this long line in order to leave? Please. Where would you be leaving to? And it's this like, um, it's like a halfling who looks, or a half elf who looks maybe your age-ish. Um, and she has long white hair and scars across her face. Um, wait a minute. <laughs> no, wait, half elf. You said half elf. Just kidding. I said half elf. Okay. Uh, still wearing black leather. Um, Hmm. And she looks <laughs> she looks over at Ian and she goes, Why are you trying to leave? Everyone's trying to get in. Uh, I'm gonna unroll the contract that we were given. Yeah, we got a contract from the keeper <laughs> to uh clear us to go back to Earth to uh probably kill some people. That sounds like bureaucracy at its finest. Yeah, you just you don't I mean, I've been waiting here for like twenty years to get in. So I would just walk out. Walk out which way? Um, you see, as you ask that, there is the audible, like, opening of a door in the distance. Like a heavy, heavy door being slammed open behind 
the huge queue of people. I'm assuming that's the way. Probably. See ya. Maybe there's a show four we can ask. A what? A show four. <laughs> a chaffer? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> it's like someone who shows you around. Do we need to be shown around? We're, we're just leaving. I mean, yeah, but like... Just to make sure that we're going the right way, because if you end up in the wrong part of the underworld, I hear you end up in the the fantasy liminal space known as the fantasy Denny's. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably fine. I'm gonna head to that big door. Same. I'm going as well. I guess I'll follow. <laughs> Alright, so you head towards the big door. You pass a gigantic queue of people. There are people... Humans, half elves, tieflings, pink teddy bears, gnomes. Um, um, and a- <laughs> you think Jem's a half elf? <laughs> no, I don't. I, okay. I know for sure she's an elf. Visually, though, is there that much difference between half elves and elves? To Jem, there is. <laughs> All right. Well, we've established Jem's vaguely racist. So. <laughs> I think technically there is. I don't remember. There is. Anyway. <laughs> um, you get to the door. You step out. And while behind you, there was like the sound of not really like the living, but like people were still making the same bodily noises that that they would if they were alive. You know, breathing, stomach gurgling tapping on surfaces with their nails um and so it was like the the area behind you was filled with all this ambient noise however once you've stepped out of the doorway that all seems to cease you step out into a liminal space because john called it um it's it's a denny's gray (laughs) it's not a denny's (laughs) you're kind of describing a denny's right now Oh, no, you know what? It's a Waffle House, isn't it? Hmm. I'd say this thing behind you was a Waffle House. <laughs> In front of you is this, like, grayness. It's just gray. The What looks like it could be the sky is gray. The gravel beneath your feet is gray. Um, where you are is adequately lit for your eyesight but you can't see a source of light. Um, And as you stand there, uh, you hear the sound of water starting to lap closer and closer um, until in front of you, without moving, um, there is the edge of a river and a ferryman or a, a large... 25 by 25 foot wooden raft with a ferryman on it. Yo, this place is kind of (laughs) creepy. I was gonna say it's cool. You don't even have to walk to the river. The river comes to you. (laughs) Soviet Russia. (laughs) The the ferryman who's standing in front of you now goes, it's because you expressed a desire and the world listened. 
Oh yeah, you're kind of creepy too, man. Heck if everyone yeah. in there just wanted to be alive, you would pick them up too? Uh, no. Only those who are allowed to re-enter the mortal realm. So it's because we signed a contract and the world listened. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Isn't it nice when things go together like that? Oh no, it sounds kind of messed up for the people who haven't signed a contract. Meh. Well, and I, I'm gonna get on the raft. A uh, payment to cross. Uh. And he extends a leather gloved hand towards you. Um, first, the ferryman is uh, a tall being, probably as tall as Bove, um, completely cloaked in a very nice ornate-looking leather cloak. Uh, there's no face that you can see. It is just a cowled opening, and extending out of the cowled opening are large curled horns. He's a nine for me. <laughs> Eight. Seven. I'll check my pockets for anything I could pay this guy with. I mean, oh, yes, as soon as you, sorry, as soon as you stepped into the waiting room, all of your belongings kind of just, like, jumped back onto you. Also, any magic you could, you know, the sorcerer felt like they were missing, it comes back. As as I feel it come back, I go, son of a bitch! Do you have a shellfish? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not the problem. I got, I got all my damn magic back. Do you not want your magic? I rummage as I'm rummaging through my pack. I go, look. Uh, long story short, uh, I can't control my magic as well as many other magic folks. So I made a deal to get rid of it so that I could live a normal life. And now it's all coming back to bite me, I guess. Uh, and I pull out uh, a sandwich full of shredded meat, and I go, here. Uh, do you accept food as payment? Can you rate the sentimentality of that sandwich to you on a scale of 1 through 10? <laughs> Considering that it is the um, famous Untidy Joseph that Untidy Joseph created um, <laughs> with the help of uh, his late father, I'd say it's probably like a, a 6 out of 10 at least. This, like... The Untidy Joseph as a concept is like a 10 out of 10. This specific Untidy Joseph, probably less so. That wasn't that helpful, but okay. So, he like, takes we'll it. say an 8 out of 10. Hell yeah! Uh, he places it somewhere in his robes. When he opens his robes to put it in a pocket, there is no bright yellow body underneath. Just You're not so gonna you know. eat that or... No, that's alright. <laughs> <laughs> Out of politeness, you see one hand. What's in an untidy Joseph? It's like shredded beef and gravy and stuff. He, like, rips off a part of it and, like, a bunch of gravy falls to his feet on the raft. And he puts... He puts his hand with the bit of the sandwich into the opening in his cowl. And it goes uncomfortably deep into the opening before he pulls it back out and his hand is clean. 
and empty. Nice. So, does it have to be something physical, or... Is that sandwich enough to pay for all of us? <laughs> Payment for each person. I could. I have some more sandwiches. I was headed to a uh, an event, I guess. <laughs> you just follow sandwiches. <laughs> um, each person must give up something that is sentimental to them to return to the mortal realm. No. Thank you for repeating the assignment because I had to step away. <laughs> to get uh, the food. assignment was never told. Also, you have to roll for the ferryman, which I will uh, describe oh. again. Thank you. So yes, the, please. <laughs> the ferryman is as large as Bub, uh, dressed in this ornate velvet robe that covers the entirety of him. There is no face you can see, just a large cowled opening. And coming out of that opening are two large curled horns. Do I need to roll? I mean, obviously, it's a den. No, seven. You keep rolling dice until you get ten. <laughs> no, you need to get a six. What we're looking for is a six. The first one I rolled um, bounced out of the tray and wedged itself <laughs> in between a mouse and a keyboard. So. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um... So he holds out his hand to the rest of you. Is something sentimental, you said? Yes. Do I have, um... You have all your stuff. Okay, we do have all your stuff. Okay, sorry. Again, I had to step away to get dinner. <laughs> <laughs> um, then, um... Well, if no one's, no one else is going, then I'll, I'll go ahead and step up. Uh, and I'm going to... Uh, open up my backpack and um, take out a bunch of my parchment and look through for a specific um, drawing that I made before I left home of um, of my mother and my sister and um, it's I think it's some of my best work and I look at it all the time because um, I miss them a lot and I would say it's one of my most prized sentimental items but I'm hoping that if I give this to you it means I can see them again and I can draw them again the ferryman takes the gift with one hand and places it over his heart and bows his head to you and goes thank you for the custody of this gift and puts it into his cloak Damn, that was way better than a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, Marble and Bub, what do you give to the fairy uh, man? Time to follow that up with a, uh, does it have to be a physical object? Because I don't have a whole lot, you know, on my person. But I can offer you a secret handshake. <laughs> it is a sentimental one. Is it actually a sentimental one? Yes, it is. It is. <laughs> okay. Uh, the ferryman stops uh, and kind of like turns and looks at you and goes, this is acceptable. <laughs> uh, and you watch Bob uh, <laughs> just do a really long, longer than it should be, like a uh, secret handshake <laughs> that involves like 
even like a turnaround. Um, like imagine like grade school kids, <laughs> like grade school kids coming up with secret handshakes that are way too long and way too complicated. That's what it is. Nice. Uh, the ferryman, to the best of his ability, tries to follow up with whatever you did and is hopeless at it. <laughs> uh, and then Marble. Yeah, so... Um, I only have weapons on me. And an adventurer's pack. Uh, you want this hand axe? <laughs> Is there any sentimentality to the hand axe? Uh, I've had it since I was a little kid. It's the first weapon I owned. Then I will gladly take custody of your hand axe. Or was it this one? (laughs) 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 He just takes it from you, whichever one you offered first, and then like gestures for you to join the raft, get on the raft. Sweet. Thanks, man. So the ferryman stands on the edge of the raft and with his long pole punts off from shore. Uh, and he says, Please keep all hands, feet, and other appendages <laughs> on the raft. Touching the water is highly inadvisable. Thank you for choosing the only method to cross this river. And continues <laughs> punting you across the river. Um, and it's a very placid trip across um, up until Uh-oh. he punts and you feel resistance as something large knocks into the raft. And we're going to take a break there. Hi, listeners. My name is Noel and I'm the Dungeon Master for Do We Level Up? Our show is a D&D 5e podcast. Episodes are available every Thursday, wherever you stream your podcasts. We gather each week to play D&D in a homebrew world called Galandria. Join our intrepid group of adventurers, the Peacekeepers, as they battle evil across the continent. We have a diverse and international cast of nerds, so come join us as the players fumble their way through everything and somehow, to my shock and awe, keep coming out the other side relatively unscathed. Follow us on Twitter at DeweyLevelUp1 or on Instagram at DeweyLevelUpPodcast. Thanks, listeners. Hope to see you there. All right, coming back from break, the four of you are on a raft in the middle of a river in the underworld, and you've just heard big kathumps, uh, and your raft has slowed to a halt. I don't feel like I use... English idioms correctly. Nothing sounds like it makes sense. English doesn't make sense, so I think you're safe. Oh, good. Okay. From the gray water around you, because everything's gray, uh, you see four large tentacles uh, uwu, come out of the water. Don't <laughs> <laughs> uh, uwu us. <laughs> uwu! Uh, please place yourselves on the raft on the map. We don't have tokens. Oh, yeah, I didn't make myself oh. a token. Please use the shape function and a color to put yourselves on the raft on the map. Hey, none of you gave me character art either, so. I asked and you were like, nah, you don't need it. <laughs> Shh, cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> Propaganda. 
There you go. I'm a black square. I'm a pink square, I think. I don't I'm know. making trash, I think. <laughs> like, you're drawing what you're calling trash, or...? No, hold on. Sorry, I'm struggling, <laughs> is what I'm doing. Is the, uh, circle the ferryman? Yes, the circle is the ferryman. Furryman. <laughs> <laughs> For our listeners, the raft is a square raft with the ferryman on the southern end, uh, centered. Wow. Nico, you would make a really good DM. <laughs> maybe next time. Yeah, maybe, maybe next time. Uh, who's the triangle? I'm the safety triangle. What the fuck? Is that a xenomorph? <laughs> it's a xenomorph robot. I'm gonna need y'all to roll initiative. I don't want to. That's <laughs> unfortunate. Can't we talk this out? <laughs> Ooh, not good. Does anyone speak tentacle? I speak primordial. <laughs> I I want you all to know that my rolls are just trash all the time, so if I die, it's gonna be real unfortunate. But you're not the DM, so who cares? <laughs> oh! <laughs> um, that was a natural I feel one. like I forgot part of the contract. Whoops. Oh well. Oh. The contract <laughs> is still amending itself as we hold on to it. I know, right? <laughs> There should have been also a part on the contract that tells you that if you die completing this mission, uh, your soul life. is forfeit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a little important. I forgot! <laughs> um, I got a 12 for marble. That was kind of understood for me. Yeah, I kind of got that vibe. Uh, sorry. <laughs> You know, <laughs> if, you're not, if you're not ready, Ashley, we can just not have combat. That's true. Right, Elaine. Uh, Marble got a 12? Yes. Uh, what did Untidy Joseph get? Uh, he had a 10. And Etch? Um, a 3. <laughs> <laughs> and Bub? 10. And I thought I rolled badly. <laughs> I will let Joseph and Bub decide at any given point who wants to go first in their round. Okay. And let me roll for the tentacles. Ooh. Don't, <sighs> don't say that. <laughs> so what's the order? Uh, one, one minute. Teacher voice, I'll wait. Hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm the teacher here. <laughs> but soon you'll become the student when you witness my mastery of combat. <laughs> Marbs. Untidy Joseph. Boof. Uh, it's okay, Reyna, you weren't the one who rolled the worst. I got a natural one, girly. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can do any worse. <laughs> So I hit it out in the initiative. Yeah, but you had a three because you had a plus two. Yeah. Yeah, I got a I got a two with plus zero. Sorry, um, I was looking at the wrong numbers because you know I am bad at D and D. Uh, I, I'm gonna be at eleven actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Bove, 
and then Untidy Joseph. Okay, so the order is Blue Tentacle, Ubu, Purple Tentacle, Ubu, Marble, Bub, Untidy Joseph, Red Tentacle, Ubu, Etch, and then the Magenta Tentacle at the bottom, Ubu. Blue Tentacle, Purple Tentacle, Blue Woo you went ten- really fast. Tentacle, pur- <laughs> Purple <laughs> Tentacle. I, I will tell you when you are next. <laughs> when is it Mr. Obama's turn? Mr. <laughs> okay, and then I can move everything. Then perish. Okay. Then perish. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> what just fucking happened? <laughs> okay. Blue tentacle. Um, you see a tentacle rise out from the north side of the raft. And it rises higher and higher and higher and higher and then comes down with a mighty slam and i'm going to need all of you to roll a athletics check no a a strength save save. uh you can choose to do a strength or a deck save to avoid being punted one square south oh no oh baby that's a five she's a 16 for marble strength Ooh, um, that's going to be a 23 for Etch. Nice. What the hell? I got a 19. (laughs) All right. For anyone who did not roll above a DC 12, you will move your token one south. And then this blue tentacle will swim over this way to get close to marble. And it's going to try to go pew pew with its tentacleness. Pew Um, pew? It has a tentacles (laughs) over Guys, guys, it's the Glockness monster. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't come up with that joke. I stole it. It's the A crack in 47. <laughs> I assume a 10 doesn't hit. A 10 does not hit. Okay. Then we will move on to Purple Ubu. And. It will, uh, I need everyone to also make a, uh, a dex or athletics uh, strength save. Ooh. You're gonna get the picture eventually. 21. Oh. 17. 8. <laughs> 9. Alright, anyone who didn't get over a 12 move themselves went to the, the left. Um, okay, and then the purple realizes it made a mistake because it can't hit any of you from the edge of the water. So it stays where it is. Uh, Marble, it's your turn. I'm going to pull out my glaive and slash... I thought you were going to say a gun. No. <laughs> Marble does not have a gun. Marble has a glaive, a halberd, a hand axe, and a quarterstaff. Oh my nice. god. <laughs> He's back in the heat, your honor. So Marvel's gonna pull out his glaive and swing at the blue tentacle. That's a 17 to hit. That does hit. Ooh. What a surprise. That is seven points. Sorry. Yeah, seven points of what is that? Slashing damage? Okay. That hits. It is uh quite damaged in one swing. The the tentacle flesh is very soft most cursed sentence I'll say this uh, session. Um, do you want to move anywhere? Nah. Okay. Um, Buff. Buff's gonna 
turn and try look in confusion to the ferryman and be like, is this part of the ride? <laughs> Premium subscription only. What does that mean? What, is, what does that mean? <laughs> Why is there a subscription? <laughs> no, not really. It's just sometimes they come out of the river. What can you do? And he's still trying to like punt against like the bottom of the river, but he can't. Uh, he can't move the boat. Okay. Okay. Uh. It is advisable not to fall into the river. I will go up here next to Marble. Belv's gonna head north on the north end, um, next to the blue tentacle, and. Hit it with my short sword. I'm not rolling my garbage dice because I need all the help I can get. <laughs> uh, 16 to hit. Does hit. And that's 6 piercing damage. Ooh, it's real damaged already. You just see it's all torn and the suckers are falling off and it's just sort of like... Ooh, ooh, why? Does it, does it, does it talk in ooh-woo speak? <laughs> no okay is that like a deep speech did you thing? want that to be a language <laughs> it should be <laughs> please help please new canon D D language just dropped <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> can i also punch it do you have two actions uh one armed attack and one unarmed attack is a bonus action from martial arts. Bow, bow. Oh. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I don't know how monks work. Yeah, it's go Because he's for a monkey. <laughs> Dang. I wonder if I have that. Uh, that's going to be really high. It's going to be a do. 24 to hit. Definitely hits. I want to see someone set up uh, AC as a, like a Zor. So it only hits on. Oh, wait. Is that how a Zor works? Or is that just an or? Like, it only hits at the extremes, but if you roll anything normal, it doesn't hit. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, it's a logic gate thing. It's like, oh, if you rolled a 2, you hit. But if you roll a 14 like a normal person, you don't hit. But if also if you roll like a 27, you hit. So it's only if you roll the funny numbers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's going to be another 6 bludgeoning damage. It's... It, your like last punch just rips it in half. I guess I'm better at punching. <laughs> Something like, you're you are a monk, <laughs> and you hit it, and it just kind of goes, oh no, and then it falls into the river. <laughs> God, these voices are weird. <laughs> I just think it's interesting that this tentacle can talk. <laughs> It doesn't. <laughs> it really doesn't. It's just a disembodied voice. <laughs> just echoes in the air. Would you like to do any further movement? Um. Yeah, I'll scooch one in. Just then I'll get tossed off the side when I inevitably fail my strength saving throws. Okay. It is now Untidy Joseph's turn. All right. I'm going to um, look at uh, the the blue tentacle, and uh, I'm going to say, 
It's been a while since I uh, since I casted a spell, so let's see how this goes. And I I reach uh, into my bag and I pull out like a, a magical gem, and I reach into the air um, to conjure a bolt of fire. Um, and what I end up doing is casting chaos bolt. So nice. I'm gonna make an attack. Okay. That's a I believe a not a fifteen higher than that. That's an eighteen to hit. Um, that does hit. And it's gonna do... Let's see what kind of damage it do. It's gonna do uh, psychic damage. <laughs> it's gonna do 12 psychic damage. Ooh, <laughs> nice. And then I'm gonna roll to see if I wild magic surge. I don't. I got a 5. And I wanted to ask, um, can I do the rule where every time I succeed on a wild magic surge, the threshold goes up by 1? So now if I roll a 1 or a 2, I wild magic surge. Yeah, this won't have any negative repercussions in this campaign whatsoever. <laughs> It'll be funny. <laughs> Consider funny. Okay, do you move at all? Or bonus action? I'm gonna go towards the center a little bit. Okay. And and I think that that'll be it for now. Okay, it is now the red one's turn. As predicted, everyone please make a dexterity or an... Ed, ed, and you know what kind of save you have to make. I got a net one. Uh-oh. <laughs> but, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to use Tides of Chaos, so with the magical chaos that I just conjured, um, I can gain advantage on one attack roll, ability check, or saving throw. Um, and I can only do so once before I finish a long rest. But... Anytime before I regain the use, uh, the DM can have me roll on the wild magic surge table immediately after I cast a spell of level one or higher. <laughs> and then I get Tides of Chaos back. Okay. So you could force me to do a wild magic surge at some point. And my reroll is a... Is it forcing you if you enjoy this? <laughs> <laughs> this is just sadomasochism at that point. There's a certain community that has been asking that for a long time. Um, <laughs> and... In proper uh, John style, I got a dirty little stinky little 20. <laughs> Very nice. A freaky little deaky little fly on the wall. All right. Did anyone fail their roll? Not me. No. What was the DC again? 12? 12. I got a 13, so I just got it. Okay. So y'all, now that it's been the third tentacle doing this weird thing, you are all really like accustomed to what it's about to do before it... Also, kind of just goes, you're so far away, come back. Because um, all of you are in the center of the room. Can, it, can the way I um, avoid this is like kind of become like a 2D object for a second and then come back <laughs> to the chaos and then just go, I hate magic so much. Um, okay, uh, Etch, it is your turn. Do I get the vibe that, like, because these things are, like, very obviously hostile, right? Mm-hmm. Etch is going to just move um, five feet to the northwest to be right up in its grill. <laughs> I am going to take out my quarterstaff and uh, take a swing at it. 12 to hit? 12 does not hit. 
Can I make um, an unarmed strike as a bonus action? Yeah, go for it. Oh, okay. That's going to be 22 to hit. Yeah, that hits. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be five points of bludgeoning damage. And if I can... uh, Oh, no, wait. Just kidding. I was going to say flurry of blows. You can you can do that and use a key point. Yeah, can I use a key point and get one more unarmed strike? At this point, you could tell me that uh, monks can do anything, and I'll believe you. Um, <laughs> can I uh, summon? No. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to summon the keeper, Big Bird, to come and save us. <laughs> okay, um, and that's gonna be mm, not great. A fourteen to hit. Do you mean? Big wood. <laughs> Big wood. Please fourteen hits. Us? Oh, fourteen hits. Wow. Okay. Um and it. And that's gonna be another five points of whatchamacallit? Bludgeoning damage plus uh, open hand technique. Um whenever I hit with one of my flurry of blows attacks, I could impose one of the following effects on that target. And I'm going to ask that it gets pushed up to 15 feet away from me. Rude. And the DC for that is gonna it's gonna be um, a Dex save of 13. That was a 13. No. <laughs> <laughs> it stays where it is and goes. Boy, I just want to play. This is very nice, though. <laughs> Does that end your turn? Uh, yes, it does, because I can't go anywhere. (laughs) Okay, the magenta one at the bottom is going to swim its way over next to the red one. It's going to attack you first, Etch, before it tries to thwomp. Uh, does an 11 hit? No. (laughs) Yeah, I figured. (laughs) Monks! We're rolling real balls. (laughs) Um, and then everyone make your, uh, athletic, uh, fucking hell, strengths or dex save. Oh, we can do dex save. I've been saying that (laughs) the whole time. I'm a fool. I got a 20, but I'll let you guess what kind it is. (laughs) A dirty little 20? (laughs) That's correct. Dirty, stinky. (laughs) I've known Elaine for 13 years. And I've never heard her say that. I said it in the episode where it first came up. I was diseased. I can't remember anything. <laughs> I got a 22. John's a very good influence on us all. It's going to be an 18 for me. All right. If you failed, shift yourself one to the right. If you didn't, keep yourself where you are. And then the ma- uh, oh, the magenta one moved and thwomped already. Okay. Boo one's dead. Purple one isn't. It can't get to any of you, but it can try to shift you over. So it will do the swamp on its own side. Um, everyone make another save. <laughs> I'm just doing the, oh, not one. Uh-oh. <laughs> just fucking two-stepping on this raft. <laughs> Nat 20 for 25. 21. 21. 21. Can you do something for me? 21. Would you would you be interested in talking to the ops next for me? What? <laughs> 21. Do your thing, 21. 
Oh, Lord. John's making references none of us understand again. (laughs) (laughs) And so, um, above, if you can move yourself two over because you got uh, a nat one. Okay. Oh, I'm going to push, your push Edge off the raft by sucking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you, you get, instead of just moving one over, you kind of get shoved more than normal. Um, You're like, I've got this. I've got this. I've, do- I've not got Wait, this. To the left or to the right? To the left. The purple one hits the raft, so we move to the left. Yeah, it's hitting from the right side, moving you to the left. Oh, okay, so it's hitting it from the bottom? Yeah. What? It's right here. Yeah, is it tipping it up or tipping it down? Because that's going to determine what direction we're moving. <laughs> it. They tip... Uh, 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 uh. Say up, Ashley. We've all been moving away from it, so yeah. I've been thinking more like a hip check without hips. Shakira would be so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> they have no hips. They still cannot tell lies. <laughs> Okay, and then Marble, it is your turn. Everyone's kind of crowded around closer to you from all the the shifting on the, the raft. I'm going to move away from everybody, and as I walk towards the purple tentacle on the right side, I invoke Giant's Might. So I become, uh, I become a large creature. Okay. If there's room for me to become a large creature. Sure. I'll have advantage on strength checks and strength saving throws, and once on each turn, I get an extra d6 of damage if I hit the target. So I'm just gonna swing my glaive again. Oh my god. Uh, 15 to hit. Hits. 12 points of slashing damage. Oh, it's dead. (gasps) Yay. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) (laughs) above you watch marble just decapitate it dehafitate it okay oh what's the word there's there's a word for something (laughs) thank you i'm gonna go ahead and go south towards the ferryman and attempt to mid battle try to (laughs) haggle with him because, you know, this is not a very good ride. <laughs> we paid you very sentimental uh, items and or memories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and? This just seems very bad for the price. There is literally no way for me to give you back your handshake. <laughs> <laughs> Edge just calls out, um, could I have my sketch back, please? <laughs> we can discuss terms when you're on the other side. That's, uh, that's all I'm gonna do. <laughs> okay. Untidy Joseph. You know, I think the best thing to do is to hit that, um, red guy with a fireball. Okay. Simple and clean. Is, is the way they the make me feel <laughs> 14 to hit. That does hit. Got him. Wow. Five damage. 
<laughs> you nice. sound so enthused. I can't, I can't believe my fists are the same power. <laughs> I rolled a one. Oh. And then, actually, you know what? They're actually grouped up really well. I'm going to go ahead and quicken spell so I can cast my chaos bolt as a quick action. Mm-hmm. Really, I should have just cast that. But I didn't think about it (laughs) and i'm gonna smack the red one with a chaos bolt so i think uh, as he's trying to cast firebolt he actually casts it this time but swirling around it is this bolt of chaos also uh is a 14 hits damn what kind of damage is it gonna do i can do lightning or thunder which is funnier Thunder. Lightning, though, if you did lightning damage, they're in water. (laughs) I'll go with lightning. They're in gray stuff, Um, not necessarily water. (laughs) And that's going to be 18 lightning damage. Oh, good lord. Is the gray stuff, does it um, conduct electricity the same way water does? That's for um, the DM to not think about at 9, 12 at night. But it's so early. (laughs) Nico only woke up like three hours ago. Yeah, it's lunchtime. (laughs) Hey, 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 hey. I've been working mid-shifts recently, and I've had to be at work at noon, which is a crime. (laughs) Whoa. Noon? That's crazy. I say that like my classes aren't at one, and I'm still, or at two, and I'm still like, oh, it's too early. (laughs) Yeah, that's I would love to work at noon. Same. I actually like working at six, but whatever. <laughs> so you do, you you smite, basically, essentially, the red one. It burns to a crisp and then like cartoonishly just falls away like ashes. Is that your turn? Yes. And and as I do that, um, I say, you know, maybe magic's all right. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, for fun... Uh, what? Because that was a level one spell. Oh, yeah, I gotta roll my uh, thingy. (laughs) Or unless you want to make me... Go for it. Magic Surge. I regain 2d10 hit points. Nice. Oh. (laughs) I'm already at max, so nothing changes. I don't think I've hit any of you, let's be honest. I get 16 hit points back, which I think is more than my maximum. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Is this like the opposite? Does he just automatically resurrect himself because it's like the opposite of a death save? He's just so healed. <laughs> yes. But no. <laughs> nice. I'm full of life. Etch, it is your turn. Okay. Um. Then I'm gonna aim for the magenta. Magenta? Magenta. <laughs> And I'm going to take a swing with my quarterstaff, pretty please. That's going to be a 22 to hit. <laughs> you know, nice. weirdly, that hits. <laughs> <laughs> um, <ooh. laughs> Etch speech speaks their language. I do. <laughs> I do speak primordial. <laughs> okay. Ooh, that's going to be uh, five points. Of the smashy damage. It takes those five points gracefully. And then uh, use another key point to flurry a blows because why not? Okay. I feel like I should have generated more 
tentacles. No, you didn't. Uh, that's going to be <laughs> a dirty, stinky, fragrant little 20. Why is it stinky and fragrant? Fragrance doesn't necessarily mean good smells. Mm-hmm. Fragrance has a connotation of good smells. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, it's just a smell. Anyways, the hits. <laughs> and that, that's another five points of bludgeoning damage. <laughs> Why you hurt me? You hurt me first. Um, oh, then that, that one's not going to hit, I think, because it's a ten. Does not hit. Okay. And then that's, that's it, because I can't move, otherwise it'll hit me. I hate to break it to you, but if it can hit... Oh, no, I know what you're saying. Never mind. I was like, if it can, if you can hit it, it can hit you. Um, So I was going to try to do that, because, you know, it wants to be friends. Ow! So... Uh, does a 15 hit? 15 is my armor class. Woohoo! That'll be five bludgeoning damage. Ow! When Etch gets hit, they just go, why would you hit a guy with glasses? <laughs> uh, and then the tentacle does its bumpy thingy, so everyone make your saves. Fifteen. Fifteen. Eighteen. Twenty-one. Okay, everyone saves. Marble, is your turn, because you guys are killing all my uh, tentacles. Oh, my my now enlarged size will stomp across the raft over to the magenta one. And I'll just, like, look over at Etch, like, give a nod, and then swing my glaive down. <laughs> Etch just looks on like a sad cat meme. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, nat one. Ooh. <laughs> Somehow this magenta one is surviving beyond its uh, beliefs. <laughs> But beyond its wildest dreams. Um, okay. Bonus actions? I'm just gonna move down one block, so I'm um still within melee, but not in the way in case so I don't wanna block if uh, untidy Joseph wants to send another spell. Okay. Bove. Bove. <laughs> yeah, I'll go up and uh give it a give it a slice. 20 to hit. <laughs> 20 hits! 5 piercing damage. It's dead. <laughs> nice. Could you imagine if you guys just missed it for a whole round? That would be funny. Would it be possible for me to uh, slice off, you know, like a little piece of the uh, calamari? <laughs> oh. Yes. Cool. Just gonna put put that in my bag for later. <laughs> I mean, we do have a chef on the team. Yeah, we do. But but he might be allergic to shellfish, and I don't know if this counts or not. No. Uh, shellfish and we don't not know shellfish it, are different. We don't know if it has a shell. Oh, uh, it's all right. I can I can eat calamari. Okay. This is a different accent. <laughs> this is like New York. <laughs> Are you feeling okay? Oh, Southern. Wow, it's Dustin Dunn. He's appeared on the raft. <laughs> I remember I sounded like this. I can eat calamari. I can fry that up. Dinner is served. Okay, so you guys are out of combat because you've killed all my pentacles. Hooray! Pentacles? They're pagan symbols? Tentacles! <laughs> <laughs> and the fairy man keeps... 
moving you now that all obstructions are gone the ferryman continues moving you to the other side of the gray lake after a minute I return to my medium size nice you see that as soon as you return to a medium size the ferryman strokes make more distance (laughs) across the lake and shortly thereafter you see Almost the exact same thing you had left. Uh, It's gray as far as the eye can see. But this time the shore is on the other side of the raft and you bump into it and the ferryman looks at you, you assume, through the cowl. It's like one of those fantasy elevators that has doors on both sides. What? (laughs) Because, never mind. Yeah. (laughs) No, I know what you mean. Like in, like in fantasy airports. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, man. I mean, the ride was not as smooth as promised, so you want to give them their drawing back? Roll persuasion at disadvantage. No, I, I think you should too, actually. Can I give the help action? Yeah, I was going to try to help too. Could I just give big sad cat meme eyes? Look like a kicked puppy. <laughs> Just roll. <laughs> roll with disadvantage? No advantage. Okay. There was no promise of a smooth ride. 15. The ferryman reaches into his cloak and pulls out the drawing and hands it over, like, uh, holds it out to etch and then turns his face towards untidy Joseph and goes, May I have another sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, sure thing, pal. You don't want another secret handshake? (laughs) I thought you were only allowed one of those. No, you can have multiple secret handshakes. How many secret handshakes do you have? Ten. (laughs) I would also like another secret handshake. (laughs) Wait, is this in addition to... (laughs) You offered. You're gonna keep it forever. They're very fun. Okay, one more, just for you. Yeah, give him one for the road. <laughs> he takes the sandwich and the secret handshake. The secret handshake is significantly shorter. <laughs> <laughs> and then gestures for you all to leave his raft. And as soon as you do, he is moving back to the other side. It was a, it was a good ride. You did a great job. Thank you. Did, did your best, I could tell. Really... Good good work. And as you guys are standing there on the other side of the shore, in front of you appears, as per usual, as in anything in this setting, a gate, stairs behind it that reach into the sky, and in front of the gate are two skeletons. And I think that's where we're going to stop. Does one only tell truth and the other only tells lies? <laughs> Does one only write love letters and one only writes hate mail? (laughs) What? What? (laughs) Is one only slash SRS and the other is only slash J? (laughs) I'm punting John back to his own age group. Thanks for stopping by for our first episode of Campaign 2. 
Okay, fine. You got us. April Fools. We'd love to hear back from you, so please consider stopping by our Instagram, Beholding Out for a Hero, all one word, or our Twitter, at Bofa Podcast. If you liked listening to us today, we'd also really appreciate it if you could rate, like, and comment on it. We want to thank Wizards of the Coast for creating the framework of Dungeons & Dragons 5e that we're playing with today. Beholding Out for a Hero releases bi-weekly, and you can find us mostly wherever podcasts are found. Join us again in two weeks for our usual band of misfits in episode 15.